Come on, let's clap for Jesus. It is all about him. Always has been, always will. So you can be seated. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. It's awesome to be here. It's always such an honor to be able to communicate and to be able to get up and talk about God's word and God's people and uh, the church. And so it's an honor to be able to do that. And what a strong uh, morning we've already experienced with Pastor Randy speaking, communicating, and all the different breakout sessions. What incredible worship. My goodness, I thought we were in an auditorium about 20,000 people and just... I love it. Like I love when in, in all moments that we're giving our best. And so David and Janelle, thank you so much. My goodness gracious. I mean, what a great voice. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. What a great team. All the team around you. Just you're getting first class experience. It's high tech, but it's high touch, which I think is what our churches should be. And you see, everybody you see has excellence on them. There is a culture. I was greeted in the parking lot when I came up. And first person I met, just first class, just what can we do to help, helping, going this extra mile. And I, I ran into Ian in the foyer who, who helped us so much. Then everybody's been that way. You got to love people that are accommodating. And that uh, I think that's what it's all about. I think that's what the church should be. It's accommodating to people. And so shout out to this church and all that God is doing. It's, it's, this is a bucket list church. I don't know why. I've just always wanted to come here over all these years. You've been involved with art forever. We've known each other for a long time, you and Derek. And so it's, it's an honor to be here. I just thank God for it. So many other great leaders are here. My goodness gracious. Just, you can't walk through a crowd and not see somebody that you want to know and you want to connect with. And, uh, like, it's good to see Luke, who we've been friends for a billion years. And I am old, I'm telling you right now. I, the other day I was preaching at a youth group, and uh, I told them I was old. And I, I was listen. And the kids weren't listening, uh, Derek. And so I said, listen, y'all need to listen up here to me. I mean, I'm 75 years old up here trying to talk to y'all, and you're not respecting the old man. So I, I could be gone tomorrow. You better hear what I have to say. The kid walked up to me afterwards and said, man, you look good for 75. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all up in here. And so great leaders here. And I just want to thank, uh, before I get into the word, you're going to hear from a great communicator in a little bit, Carl Lentz. And let me just tell you something. I love what Carl says, but I always study why he says what he says. And one of the greatest communicators on the planet today, uh, loves God, loves people. I'm a huge Hillsong fan. I'm a Carl Lentz fan. My son is up there serving in that church. And so you're going to hear from, one of the, I think, one of the greatest communicators, one of the greatest evangelists uh, on the planet. So you'll hear from him. But I just want to thank God for, for Randy and Amy Bezet. And I wrote down some words to I thank God for them. I thank God how they care for us. They're, they're a caring couple. Uh, I thank God for how they serve the body of Christ. They they, they're generous in the body of Christ. He's been, they've been so generous to me in my journey and our family uh, so often. They're giving people. I don't know about you. I don't want to be around stingy people. I'm good. I, I can never be around a stingy person the rest of my life. Don't ask me for gas money. Come on, somebody. If, if you're driving and you can't afford the gas, I'm going in my own car. You don't need my $2. And so they're not gas money kind of people. And so I'm just grateful for their generosity, their giving, what they spend out of their own church uh, for Relate, also like the leaders here, I thank God for the way they lead us. My life is better because of my relationship with Pastor Randy and Amy. They've been friends. Uh, and I just want to say thank you for loving Delenn and I and our family. You've loved us through some tough times. And I appreciate that so much. And, and we just love you so much and love your family and love your church. And they are great leaders, some of the great leaders on the planet. Uh, they love people, and they're just awesome. And I can tell you this, ARC is better because of Relate. Um, ARC is a circle.
that connects with other circles and then has circles within it that take care of things we can't take care of. And Relate is one of those key circles. Of, of as, as We can't be what we need to be if Relate is not training, Relate is not equipping, Relate is not empowering, Relate is not growing with other pastors. Because some, as an organization, you just can't be everything. And so you're trying to connect with other great leaders who have a gift on their life. And, I, and, and here's what I really believe. I've been studying ARC a lot for the last couple of years. ARC is a collective of some great voices. So we're trying to do all we can to platform those voices so that we can be the best that we are and, and relate as one of those key voices that we're going to amplify all we can in the future. So I thank God. Can we clap our hands for Pastor Randy and Amy and relate and Rick and the team, Van? Awesome, awesome. Awesome, awesome. I, I tell you, we planned our church. I wish I had me a huddle. Come on, somebody. I didn't have any huddle back then. You was by yourself. And so I needed a huddle. I needed some huddling for the storms and for the building and trying to figure out money and staff and, and personal pain and all those kind of things. And so, hello, Relate. Thank God for it's here and it's alive. So Adam and I brought a good friend of mine who works with One Child Matters, he and Michael. And so we're, we're here and uh, we, were, we were eating Subway at 2 a.m. last night on 95. Come on. Our plane didn't land in Providence or Boston. We got rerouted to JFK, landed at midnight. Let me tell you something. There's some crazy people up in Massachusetts at 3 a.m. on the pipeline, if you know what I'm talking about. They're getting Dunkin' Donuts at 3 a.m. I thought about it, but I stayed with Subway because of my, my power lifting that I'm attempting to do in my life right now which involves this microphone. And so anyway, we wanted to be here. And so we, we drove through the night from Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, we are here. I'm just joking. But we're, uh, anyway, love the season that I'm in. I love getting to serve at Church of the Highlands with Pastor Chris, uh, being a part of the outreach and missions and being a part of that lead team. And then, of course, ARC. Uh, we planted six churches this weekend, Pastor Randy. And so Randy and I get to help lead that. And so we're at six, 725 churches as of this weekend. And so that's how many churches we planted. So uh, good to be a part of that. And then I get to help kind of have the conversation of serving and, and serve days and traveling and seeing some great things in churches uh, today and getting to be around pastors, uh, love pastors. And so awesome, awesome. So I want to talk for a few minutes. I, I, I still believe that one of the ways we, we, we grow big churches and one of the ways we grow big lives and one of the ways we, we grow big influence uh, in our communities is making sure we're taking care of the small things. So I want to talk for a few minutes in my session uh, about love the small, love the small, love the small. Because I believe that uh, big things are just a combination of small things. And if we do small things well, then big things could possibly happen in and around our lives and our churches. And we could have big impacts for the cause of Christ and transform our communities and reach people that we could never imagine we could reach. And so I want to talk about that for a few minutes. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for Relate and Lord, for what we heard this morning. Uh, Lord, thank you for Pastor Randy and Amy, and Lord, we thank you for what we're going to hear from Pastor Carl and his amazing family. And so, Lord, speak to us for a few minutes. Uh, we're going to lean in. We're going to learn. Lord, thank you for this worship. Thank you for this church. Uh, we love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to relate. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice and tell them, you need a little relate, my brother. You need some relate up in your life. Let me read you some amazing verses that I believe are some, it's, it, it's the study in the strength of the small. I normally don't read this many verses, but 
I just want to read these to you. 1 Samuel 15, 17. I'm just going to read them through, not give commentary. Samuel said, when thou was small in your own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed your kingdom Israel. Samuel said, when thou was small or little in your own sight. Luke chapter 19, verse 17. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. His master replied, because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, brethren, Ephraim, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one that will rule over Israel, whose origins from of old and from ancient times. Though you were small, out of you will come a ruler. Matthew 15, 34. How many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. Not only was it small, it was a few small fish. And then also James chapter 3, verse 4. Oh, take ships as an example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very, very small rudder, whatever the pilot wants it to go. And then my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, uh, Zechariah 4.10 says, um, uh, it says, uh, was it Zechariah Zephaniah? Zechariah, Zechariah. I got thrown off for a second. Zechariah 4.10 do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to do a work beginning to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. I love that. Do not despise that one phrase. Do not despise these small beginnings. I like that word. Despise means to have contempt or to have shame, to be shameful, to be embarrassed, or to disrespect small beginnings. We started our church back in 1992. Uh, planted a church, and it was so small. It's the smallest church ever. We started with 12 people on a Wednesday night in December. I needed a relate huddle because that's crazy. Why are you starting a church in December? I have no idea. We didn't think about it. You're not intentional when you start a church in December. Do you really? What were you thinking? We weren't thinking. So we started in December, the second week of December. You know, everybody wants to go to a, a, a small church in the beginning of a small church at Christmas because you have so much to offer in your cantata. It's nauseating. Our music, we, we had a cappella for a year, a cappella worship. First instrument we got was a saxophone. How many knows it's hard to get your worship on with a saxophone? The building was horrible. Building set about a hundred people, and uh, the bathrooms were just right off the, the building right there, and the, the walls were paper thin. This is not a, I'm not exaggerating, and so when I would see someone go to the unisex bathroom, we didn't have male and female. We had one bathroom. When I saw somebody head that direction, I would preach louder because the walls were paper thin, and if you were sitting in the back half of the church, which really was the front half of the church you would know what was going on behind those closed doors. And depending on what was happening, I just elevated my preaching. How many of there are certain places where you elevate your preaching? Come on. Everybody knows what it means to, to have voice, uh, a tone and a voice. So I'd be in the middle of something where you didn't have elevated preaching, and I'd just start elevating my preaching. I'd be in the middle of an announcement. And let me tell you something right now. 
Let me tell you something about small groups. Come on, you just eat the bite. Let me tell you something. Always remember, preach your hand. If things are going bad, cup the mic and just say something. And then stand and look. People don't even know what you said, but they get loud. We were such a small church, so little. We started a little church. We had never, tr we never truly grew fast in 20 years. We grew slow and steady. The end of two years, we were running at 200. And um, I went to a conference called Preaching for Growth with Bill Hybels and John Maxwell. I'd never been in really another church in those couple years. And I remember sitting there, and they were talking about things. We were sitting in this 4,000-seat auditorium in Charlotte, and all I could think about was how small we are. We're so small. Our lighting is so small. Our speakers are so small. Our stage is so small. Our foyer is tiny. Our bathrooms are jacked up. We're just so small. I was so small. I was comparing myself. And what I didn't realize is comparison is an acid to your soul. I despised my soul, small. I had contempt over my small. I, I was disrespected. I was shameful for how small our church is and how small our, our ideas were and how small our songs were and how small our, our attempt to reach the community was. We were just, we were so small. I felt that small. And I never forget, I ran into this picture a while back, and this is how I, I felt when I would go to conferences. Can we put that picture up right there? That's me. That's the smallest horse in the whole world. Guess what its name is? Thumbelina. We were the Thumbelina Church of every conference. And I would go to conferences to see these people that were Clydesdales. And, he just, and then there I was. How y'all doing? I despised my, we were so insignificant. We were unnoticed. We had zero voice. We had no ranking. We were tiny influence. All I could think about is we will never grow. Because you know why? Nobody likes feeling small. Nobody does. But here's what I began to realize as I pastored longer and as we began to reach more people is that just about everything God does starts small. We did. You started small. Uh, you, everything starts small. The, 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 this, this building is so incredible, but you walk through a small door to get into it. Everything starts small. I, I'd forgotten that, and I, I was despising my small Matter of fact, nothing would even work if it was not for the small things that are about it. We get benefited so much in our life because of the small. There's so many things that are amazing in our life, and it's not because they work big. It's because small things work, and they make it a big thing. It's not about our car is so big. It's about the small things in our car that makes the big car work. It's the plane that we'll fly on. It's, it's a combination of a lot of small things little pieces and parts. It's amazing how something as big as a plane can be grounded because of a part that you could fit in your hand. Everything works that way. Ark started that way. We have 724 churches. We started with two small churches. Everything works that way. See, really it would be nothing if everything didn't start. Small beginnings are everything. Everything starts with a seed. 
It's one person. It's one death. It's, it's one prayer. It's one idea. It's one dream. It's one decision. It's one thought. It's one conversation. It's one song. It's one message. It's one book, one blog, one text, one, one Instagram, one birth, one laugh, one, one serve, one dollar, one small group, one surrender, one devotion. Everything starts with small something. That's why I love what we're doing here. I love the, the big that we're talking about, but I love how we get to go into a, a breakout room and we get to talk about the small things that make up our, our, our big churches. I just felt this in my heart. I, I don't know why, just the last couple of days I've been thinking about the power of small, loving the small, no matter where you're at in your life. I'll tell you something, we really are all small because of the bigness of God. Here's what I'm learning, really. If you just stay small and you keep him big. See, I wrote this down in my journal a while back. There are no big churches. There are only a, there's only a big God using small churches in big ways. Because really our churches are not that big. When you compare it to the population, you compare it to humanity, and you compare our churches to broken humanity, really we're not that big. We really don't have that big of churches. Whether it's 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000, is it really that big compared to the population? I remember one year we had 12,000 people at Easter, and I was so excited, and I was so fired up about it. I thought, my Lord, I can't imagine how big our church is, and I praise God for it, and it was amazing, and, and we were able to do stuff and have more resources. But then I realized how many people lived in our county, and we were 2.8% of just our county. We were 0. .00. Uh, 3.8% of the United States population. Our 12,000 Easter were 0.00018 of the world's population. And even though people may look at us as a big church, we're really not a big church compared to broken humanity and, and hurting humanity. So Lord, let's be, let me quit thinking about how big we are and let's start working hard to be small and make you big and so that we can make a true impact. So those were some of the things. Those small beginnings are so important. Those small ideas, those, those small turns, those small decisions are huge as it relates to, to building a great church. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise that, man, we have 15 small groups. That's awesome. That's amazing. I never forget one time when, when we, were, we were growing and our first Easter, we were running about 32, 34 people. We've been a church now about, about four months, and uh, we had Easter service. I didn't know what to expect. We were doing a passion play. It was huge. Our passion play consists of one lamb. That's all I could afford. That's all I could find. And a guy that went to our church that was Lebanese. So I took a lamb and one Lebanese guy. And I created a passion play around a lamb and a Lebanese dude. And that Sunday, our first Easter, 72 people came to church. So we doubled in our attendance. And I can remember thinking, where did all these people come from? This is massive. This is huge. 
I remember afterwards, Dylan and I just stayed in the residue of it, and we just, we just lingered around the church, and we thought about how many people were there, and the 14 Connect cards that came in, and, and the half a dozen people that came forward uh, to receive Christ, and we were, we were so excited. I remember a couple uh, weeks later, we were at a little gathering of some pastors, and they were sharing, and we were comparing. We were excited, and, and I talked about the, that we had, we had had 72 at Easter, and I remember a few guys snickering in the room. Because I was so excited about 72 people. And I thought, well, man, that's, uh, I've looked back on that. That doubled our church. That'd be like you have an 8,000 on this Sunday, and then at Easter you had 16,000. How many people would shout that down? How many people would, would want to hear from you? How many people would want you to talk about things and want you to lead things? Well, what's the difference between my 36 and my 72 and your 8,000 and, and 16,000? It's God using small things. Quit despising your small. Don't be shameful about your small. Don't be embarrassed about your small. Because it's all those little small things that's going to make a big impact. Well, shout out. Be, be excited about your small. Who cares what other people are Instagramming? I can't wait to hear the Instagram that says, we had three guests today. Three guests. Wow. Why are we embarrassed to say we had three guests? We had two connect cards come in today. That's amazing. Why? Because God uses small things. I'm going to give you some application. Here's three things to remember. Here's the first one. Keep connecting to the small. Keep your connecting small. Keep, keep your connecting small that it will be big. i never forget when I went to John Osteen's church, Joel's dad. And it was the coolest thing. So we're there, and it was huge. I mean, he built that new building there on East, I believe it was East Houston, and probably has 8,000 seats, Luke, in that building. That was one of the biggest buildings. I think Bethany modeled their building after it. And I went there, goodness gracious, back in the late 80s, and uh, probably 89, 90, and John Osteen gets up, and, and his place is packed. I mean, it's huge. I, I just was, I was, I was, couldn't believe, full. And he, he gets up, and the television's getting ready to come on. And, man, it's been incredible. And he's, he's getting ready to start, and he just stops and says, Dodie, sweetheart, Dodie, look. There's Carlos and Belinda. They lost a baby two weeks ago. But Dodie, come on, let's go love on them now. Come on, Dodie. He walked off stage and him and, in front of 8,000 people. Walked back there and loved on them and prayed for them. Got done. So I, I need 100 people to come and hug them. Now, now Roger, you're going to take them to lunch. You're going to take them to lunch today. Spend some time. I want you three ladies to check on Belinda for the next couple months. Then walked up on stage, and the camera came on. And it marked me. I thought, wow, uh, he's still connecting to the small. And it made me think the power of the bigness the power of the impact was just amplified because of the power of the small. To be able to look and pause and notice the small. And notice the broken. And notice the hurting. And, and notice those that are fighting addiction. And, and notice those that have lost people and are struggling through a sickness or a challenge in their life. Connecting to the small, his, 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 his bigness, I think, was so much more impactful because of his ability to be small with a person and a family. I had not seen that much at that level. Sometimes at that level, 
That's not seen. Here's the second thing is keep your serve small, and then it'll be big. So keep your connecting small, then it will be big. Keep your serve small, then it will be big. Your acts of kindness, how you serve the one. I love sitting in our leadership meetings there at Church of the Highlands and talking about 16 campuses and et cetera, et cetera, and on and on and on. And so often our conversation goes to the one, the one family, the one person, the one individual, the one leader, uh, the one young adult, uh, the one uh, dream team member, the one small group leader, the one, the one. I think the, the, really the integrity of our church is not really as much as how we serve the multitudes. I think the integrity of our church is how we take care of the one. I mean, that's where the real integrity lies, is how do we take care of the one? How do we figure that out? And I'm gonna, How do we sort that out? How do we make sure that when people walk in the door, uh, we feel like we've been waiting on you? Not that not, not you've been waiting on us. Let me tell you something. It's never good for a worship team to take the stage and feel like they've been waiting to hear us. Nobody's been waiting to hear you. Nobody's waiting to hear you. Really, the idea is I've been waiting to sing to you. It, 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 it flips it. It, it. The gift is that they come. Not, the gift is not that we're here. The gift is that they're here. That's how we teach our people. That's what, that's what parking is about. That's what greeters are about. That's the language that we use. Thank God. Oh, I'm so grateful, man. It's so good to see you. So thankful that you're here. And, and I think the way, why we're excellent, why we keep things clean, and why things smell good, and, and why we make sure signage is right, and why we make sure nursery people are on point, and why we make sure we do a pre-rally and everybody's at their station, it's not for us to be good. It's for them to know we've been waiting on you. And we can't wait to see you. Because some of them have had the worst week of their life. Or some of them are coming back to church to try it one more time. And we get the opportunity to serve them and to love them and to notice them. So we serve small. And those little details that many of you are so great about. And then the other thing I think is important is keep your love small. Then it will be big. I love you. How important is that? I mean, I mean Delenn doesn't want to, I love people. You're one of them. Love the masses. You're Miss Mass. You're in the masses. That would not be good. It wouldn't be good for me to tell my son, I love all children of the world. No, he doesn't want to hear, I love children of the world. He wants to hear, I love you. I love you. I care about you as an individual, as a one. So we live our life. We, we, we build churches. It's, it's one bottle of water. It's one prayer. It's one care. It's, it's one person at a time. It's how we love people, how we care for people. It's in that small. I wrote this down the other day in my journal as I was thinking about sometimes you could travel and you could go in and out of things and you just want to make sure that you're noticing and that you're pausing and that you're lingering and you're looking into people's eyes and you're, you're taking those moments. I said, most of the time, God's invitation for us to take the next big step and to seize the massive moment that's in front of us is found in the way that we meet the small needs in other people's lives. Most of the time, God's invitation for us to take that next big step 
and to seize that next big moment is found in the way we meet the small needs in other people's lives. I really believe that sometimes that next big door that's going to open could be swinging on the small hinge of meeting one individual's needs. And that one hinge, that small, that one, that moment, that small, could be the very thing that swings open the next big door for your church and your dream. We are past our church. We were at a point in our, our, our church where I just wanted to make big, a bigger difference. And so um, we were doing some things in the city where we were making some decisions. And, and I sat in a meeting one day and said, I think I'm going to do opposite of that. I just feel led to do opposite of that. So I decided to marry lost people that didn't go to church. I just made that. I just said, I think I'm going to reach lost people. I'm going to marry because there were some decisions to not marry lost people because some things, some covenant marriage, and they were great ideas. They were amazing, but God didn't lead me to do that. So God in the meeting, He said, I want you to do the opposite. I want you to marry lost people, open up your church, give them the best wedding possible, and 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 create that environment. So I mean, we started marrying lost people, we, for free. I was just a wedding guy, three or four weddings on a Saturday. I mean, marrying heathens. And, uh, but here's what started happening is I had one requirement. You're going to sit with me for three hours in a pre-marriage counseling. So I do about 10 minutes on marriage. Hey, I don't even married five years. So I was like, I don't really know a lot about marriage, but say, yes, ma'am. And I'm really sorry for that. You'll be good. But here's what I got to do for the other two and a half hours. I'll talk to them about Christ, how much God loves them, how he died for them. And I shared the gospel with them. And I started leading more people to the Lord in pre-marriage counseling than I was on Sunday. And our church started growing because, and it was one couple at a time. And so I had a guy call me one day and he said, uh, a girl called me and said, hey, we're getting married and you're the fifth pastor. We don't even want you to marry us. But we don't want to go to the justice of the peace. You're the last one we would want. Would you marry? I said, sure, awesome. She had known Delenn. They went to Central together. They knew each other. So they, she walks in. She's six foot tall girl. She walks in with her, her her fiance, he's six six, Hawaiian, sits down to the chair, he's sweating like crazy, plays football at LSU, and I'm like, oh great, fantastic, and talk to you about marriage, and then I, I talked to him about the Lord, got to the end of my three hour talk, and I said, Tracy, would you like to receive Christ? And she's crying, she says, I'm backslidden, I got saved at youth camp. Yes, I said, Kevin, would you like to receive Christ? He said, No. Okay, Kevin, would you like to blink and just tell me you're alive and you're with us today? He said, I'm not interested in anything you have to say to me, preacher boy. Call me a boy. I said, oh, okay. I said, he said, you still going to marry me now? I said, sure, I'll marry you. Did a wedding. It was great. Three years later, I'm sitting in a church service. It's a moment like this. We're finishing up the message, and I see something in the background. It's like a, just a huge figure. I thought somebody had moved a lift in, and there was a lift in the back. I said, why do you leave a lift in the room? And, but it's moving. And so I get, I, I, while I say bow your heads, he, this figure comes forward and stands at the stage where, where it's not a moment where you come forward and I can't see because he eclipsed the lights and I can't see anything and I, who are you and he he says come here I lean over I find it's Kevin he said come here I need to talk to you right now he's six six he plays NFL football weighs 310 pounds when a man like that walks up to your service says I need to talk to you we're dismissed God bless you thank you very much see you Sunday yes sir Run around the corner, he begins to unpack for 30 minutes his pain, his problems, his challenges, the things that he's struggling with. I asked him the same question I'd asked him three years ago. Would you like to receive Christ as your Savior? He says, yes. He accepts Christ, we pray. That was 20 years ago. Kevin went on to play professional football for 17 years. 
came to me one day and said, I feel like God's taught me to give a dime of every dollar that I make in the NFL to this church. He made $56 million in the NFL. He gave him a dime of every single dollar to our church. One dime of every dollar. He tithed every single dollar he gave. But more importantly, he went on to lead the NFLPA. He's probably make the Hall of Fame this year. He called me two weeks ago. I said, what are you doing? He said, man, I'm walking out of the Minnesota Vikings summer, their, their camp. What are you doing? Just led chapel. Led chapel. He said, yeah, I spoke today. A couple kids accepted Christ. Well, I would too if you asked that. Man, I, mean, I would say yes to the invitation. Impact. Impact, one of the most influential guys in the NFL. Impact. Small. Small. Small decision. Why? Because all big things are made up of small things. Can I encourage you, Pastor? Keep doing small well. Keep your attention on the small. Notice the ones that no one else is noticing. Hear the ones that no one else is hearing. See the ones that no one else is seeing. See what God brings you. Amen? You pray for us. Father, we love you. Lord, we commit our life to people. Single parents and blended families. and Senior adults and widows. and Hurting people. and Mentally challenged and physically challenged people with hearing disorders and speech disorders and wheelchairs and crutches and motorized scooters and people that sometimes are just different we commit our life and our call and our love to the small to having great kids church having great things for junior high kids Knowing how important it is that we give the best our 10, 11, 12-year-olds. Helping those young adults sometimes that are so complicated. Helping those single again and again and again. Lord, just help us to remember the small. Small act of kindness, small love, small attention. Let us never be too big. Well, let's take about 15 seconds and just, just tell the Lord, uh, Lord, help me to love the small. Some of you right here, you, your church is small in the natural compared to someone else's church. Just tell God, just say, I, that Lord, I love my church. I love this opportunity. I love, I love these moments. We love you so much. We need you, God, to love the small, to care for the poor, to lean into the broken. Lord, let our church be magnets for those who are autistic, have Asperger's issues and paranoia, and are just, they're just, they're not connecting. They feel like an outcast. I pray, Father, that you would send us people that have grace for the outcast. 
Lord, help us to develop freedom ministries where we can help people that are struggling with, with life-controlling addictions because they matter to you. Let us never become too big that we don't take care of the small. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Come on. Let's clap our hands. God's good. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Pastor Randy.